Welcome to the OU's Shnaya Mikra. My name is Jack Abramowitz, and this week we will be studying Parshas Nusso together. Nusso is the second Parsha in the Book of Bamidbar, the Book of Numbers, and it's an unusual Parsha. It's unique in, in a number of different ways. First of all, at 176 psukim, 176 verses, it is the longest Parsha in the Torah. Noteworthy also is that the longest psalm, Psalm 119, is the longest in Tehillim, and that also has 176 verses. And Baba Basra is the longest tractate, the longest Masechta in the Talmud, and that has 176 blots, two-sided pages. Is there any significance to this number? That I couldn't say, but it's noteworthy that the longest Parsha, the longest Psalm, and the longest Talmudic tractate all have the same number of verses or blots, respectively. It's also unusual the way that this uh, this Parsha breaks down the aliyahs, because you would think that, that it would have a certain number of large aliyahs, but in fact, the first three aliyahs are very short. The first aliyah is only 17 verses, and that includes a census of the uh, Levite families. The second aliyah is uh, the sum of the Levite uh, census. That's only 12 verses, 12 psukim. The third aliyah is only 10 psukim, and that has to do with purifying the camp and some laws of theft. When we get to the fourth aliyah, that's 48 verses, 48 psukim. So it's already longer than the first three aliyahs put together. And it contains the sota, which is the law of the woman suspected of adultery and, and how we proceed in such a case. It also has in it the nazir, which is the, uh, the Nazarite. That's not much of a useful translation. That's a person who took certain vows of abstention, which will discuss when we come to it, and uh, Birkas Kohanim, the priestly blessings, which the Kohanim would give to the people, uh, that's also in the fourth aliyah. So it's just chock full of all sorts of important things in one aliyah that you'd normally think might be broken down into, into several. The fifth aliyah starts the offerings of the Nasiim. So uh, despite the similarity to the word Naso, they're both spelled uh, Nun Sin Aleph. Naso, in, uh, in the beginning of our Parsha and the first Aliyah means to count, to take a census. But later, the word Nasi refers to the tribal leaders. So the head of each tribe is called the Nasi, collectively the Nasiim. That's the same word we would use for, for a president today. So the Nasiim each brought an offering, and their offerings were identical. So the same offering is repeated for all 12 Nasiim. So that offering appears five times in the fifth Aliyah, five times in the sixth Aliyah, and twice in the seventh Aliyah. So now the 5th and 7th aliyahs each include other things before or after the, the offerings of the Nasiim. But the 6th aliyah is nothing but the offerings of the Nasiim, repeated over and over again, changing nothing except the name of the Nasi and his tribe who offered it on a given day. So while Naso is the longest Parsha, 72 of its 176 psukim are spent repeating identical offerings. So like I said, it's, it's some unusual things to note in this Parsha, and as we come to them, we'll, we'll discuss them. But now let's begin with the first Aliyah, where in Perak Dalid, which is the fourth chapter, Pasuk Hafala, verse 21, so the Chumash says, So God spoke to Moshe, and this is what he said. You should take a census, you should count the children of Gershon, Gershon the son of Levi, also them. So why also them? So we take a look in Rashi. Just like I, God, commanded you, Moshe, regarding the children of Kahas, 
to see how many of them have reached the category where they would perform the service. So even though it's not in our Parsha, it's the end of the previous Parsha, the end of Parsha's Bamidbar, God had previously told Moshe to take a census of the children of Kahas. And now, continuing, also do the same for the children of Gershon, which is the second of the Levite families. Let's take a look over in the Chizkuni on this Pasuk. Nesoas Rosh B'nei Gershon Ganhain. You should also take a census of the children of Gershom. Even though I told you to count the children of Kahas first, because the most important things from the Mishkan, such as the Ark, the Table, the Menorah, and the different altars, those were transported by the children of Kahas. And then he quotes a verse citing this. Don't hesitate, don't hold back from counting the children of Gershom after them. Even though they don't carry anything. The Aaron and those other utensils, they had to be carried by hand. But the children of Gershom, they didn't carry. Their work was done with wagons. So they would fold up the curtains and put them on wagons. That's, you know, all right, fine. So we need to know how many people from Kahas are carrying the Aron, you know, but uh, however many people from Gershon, they could just put them on the wagons. No, don't think that. Why? Shahari Huhaya Gadol Bivne Levi. He was the oldest of Levi's children. Bedino Lehios Nimnasheni. So it's appropriate that he should be counted second. So we count Kahas first because he carries the Aron and the other important pieces of furniture from the tabernacle. But we'll count Gershon Shani because he was the oldest son and he deserves that honor. So let's continue back to Mechumish. So how should they be counted? According to their father's houses and their families. Now at what age should they be counted? Next verse, Pasik Chavgimel. From the age of 30 and up, I've been Chamishim Shana until the age of 50 years old. Tivkodosam, that's the number uh, that you should count them. All of those who are appropriate to do the service and the work in the tabernacle. So what is this work? Back in the Chizkuni. To serve. To assemble the Mishkan and to take it apart. And he quotes the verse. That the Levium would take it down and the Levium would put it back up. So this family, the family of Gershon, their job was to assemble and disassemble the Mishkan. Continuing Pasuk Haftalit, verse 24. This is the service of the Gershonite family, in their service and in their carrying. They should carry the draperies of the Mishkan, of the tabernacle, and the tent of meeting, its screens, and the coverings made from the skin of the tachash, which are over the top above it, and the screen for the ohamoed, the doorway of the tent of meeting. So let's look in Rashi to see what these things are. The curtains or the draperies of the tabernacle, the ten lower ones, so the ten screens that were below, and the tent of meeting, Yurios izim ha'asuyos These were goatskins which were made to serve as a covering on top of it. Mechsehu, its screen. Oros elim ma'adamim. These were 
Rams skins that were dyed red. Masach Pesach and the screen for the doorway, Vilan Hamizrachi, the curtain on the eastern side. Now, as far as the Tachash goes, Tachash was an animal whose hide was used for, for coverings in the construction of the Mishkan. It's not clear what a Tachash is. I've seen opinions from the narwhal to the giraffe and everything in between. So I don't pretend to know for sure what it is. Different opinions. Continuing with verse Chafav, Vies Kaleha Chatzer and the hangings of the courtyard. The Mishkan was surrounded by a courtyard. It had an outside portion to it, and that was enclosed by pipe and drape, as it were. Vies Masach Pesach Sha'ar Hechatzer, and the screen that served as the doorway for the, the gates of the courtyard. Asher Al HaMishkan, Vial HaMizbeach Saviv, which surrounded the Mishkan and the altar all around. Vies Mesrehem, Vies Kol Klei Avodasam, and their cords, and all the implements that were used for their service. And everything that was, right now we'll say made for them, but we'll see in a moment. And they should serve with them. So looking back in Rashi, So we're talking about the screen, or the draperies that surrounded the courtyard. So, Klomar HaKloyim V'hamasach Shel Chatzer HaSochachim U'maginim Al HaMishkan V'al Mizbach HaNechosha Saviv so those are the hangings and the screen which enclosed the tabernacle and the Mizbach HaNechoshes, the copper altar on which sacrifices were burned, as opposed to the golden altar on which uh, incense was burned. Now, as far as that, all that was done for it or done with it, Rashi likes the explanation of the Targum. Rashi says, the Yismasar Lahon. Everything that is handed over to them. To who? Livnei Gershon. So he makes the reference, them, the Gershonites, the children of Gershon. And he says that what this means is that they should take all these things, the curtains and the drapes and the cords, and everything that's given to them. So them, the referent being the Gershonites. The Ramban feels differently. He says, So after quoting Rashi's opinion and disagreeing with it, he says, I've got a better explanation. Everything which is made for the Mizbeach and the Mishkan, for the, the altar and the tabernacle. Because they had a lot of utensils. So there's a difference of opinion to whom the them refers. So either they should take everything that is handed over to them, the Gershonis, or they should take everything that was made for them, for the Mishkan and the Mizbeach. They're both true. What the meaning of the verse is, maybe the meaning of the verse is both. Continuing along, By the word of Aaron and his sons, should the Gershonites perform their service, uh, all the carrying and all the work that they would do, assembling and disassembling the Mishkan, and they should appoint them in charge of all their work. This is the work that was done by the family of the Gershonites, in the tabernacle, in the tent of meeting. And they reported to Aaron's son Itamar, because all of the Levite families would report to one of the sons of Aaron. So this family, the Gershoni, they reported to Aaron's son Itamar. So that was two 
of the three Levite families. So we had the children of Kahas at the end of the previous Parsha, and we just did the children of Gershon. What about the children of Merari? So Pasach Haftes says, B'nei Merari l'mishpachosam, l'beisavosam, tifkodosam. The sons of Merari, according to their families and their father's houses, you shall count them. Now the Chizkuni asks a pretty obvious question. By the way, I have two Chizkunis here. I have a Chizkuni on Chumash and a Chizkuni on Rashi. So this one's actually from the Chizkuni on Rashi. He says, B'nei Merari l'mishpachosam, Im Tomer, my taima, lok savrachmana nasob b'vnei Merari. Why doesn't the Torah say the word naso when it talks about the children of Merari? Kamoshakasov the b'nei Kahas, like it says regarding the children of Kahas in the previous parsha, uvenei Gershon, and like it says regarding the children of Gershon in our parsha. So you have to understand the word naso doesn't really just mean to count; it means to pick up, it means to to select them. So v'yesh lomer demi kara shayach lomer naso. Really, initially, it made sense to use the word naso to pick out or to separate b'vnei kahas regarding the children of kahas. But v'yishahaya muforad mishar ha'achin. They were scattered. The reason that it were used the word naso is because the children of kahas were scattered among all the other Levites. They all lived together, and he had to go and select who were the people from the family of kahas. V'chein b'vnei gershon mafridu min ha'achasheni hanishar dahinimarari. And once you had selected out the children of Kehas, you still had to then select who was from the family of Gershon, because they were still scattered and mixed among the family of Marari. Aval Marari, Hanisher Yechide, Lo Shayech But once you've selected out the first two families, everyone who's left is the children of Marari, so you don't have to use the word Naso. There's nothing to select, then you just count. Moving along, at what age were they counted? Biben Shloshim Shana Vamala, from age 30 and up. Biad Ben Hamishim Shana Tifkadem. So from uh, 30 till 50, that's when they should be counted. Call Habalitzval Avod es Avodas Ohelmoed, anyone who is eligible to do the work of the Mishkan. Vizos Mishmeres Masam, and this is the job that they were given, Lachol Avodosam, all their service by Ohelmoed. Karshe Hamishkan, they were responsible for the boards of the tabernacle, the boards of the Mishkan, keeping in mind that the Mishkan was essentially pipe and drape. So the children of Gershon handled the drape. The children of Morari handled the pipe. Ubrichav and the crossbeams, va'amuda, va'adanav, and the pillars of the sockets, va'amude hachatzer saviv, and the pillars of the court's enclosure, because the courtyard had that screen all around it, as we said. Ve'adnehem, the sedosam, u'mesrehem, l'chol kelehem, l'chol avodosam, u'veshemos tifkedu es kle mishmeres masam. So they handled the utensils of the courtyard also, including the sockets and the pins and the cords and everything that was related to assembling those enclosures. And you should appoint them by name according to the utensils that they were responsible for. Zosavodas Mishpachos B'nei Marari. This was the work of the children of Marari. According to all the labor, the service that they did in the Mishkan. And who did they report to? Biad Itamar ben Aaron HaKohen. Like the children of Gershon, they reported to Aaron's son Itamar. So, they were instructed to do a census of the children of Kehas, the children of Gershon, the children of Marari. Now we're told, so they went and they counted the children of Kahas. Moshe, Aaron, and the leaders of the Jews, they counted the children of Kahas according to their families. From 30 to 50, everyone who is eligible to do their work in the Mishkan. 
So counting them all up according to families, they came to 2,750 children of Kehas. That is the count of the children of Kehas who were eligible to work in the Mishkan, which Moshe and Aaron counted according to the commandment that God gave Moshe. That is the end of the first Aliyah, and we will continue with Shane.